0: Welcome into floors, yours, an extension of five on the floor here on the five reasons sports YouTube channel. Thanks for 15,000 subscribers. We'll be with you for the next 30 minutes. Make sure to check out the last episode of five on the floor here on the YouTube channel, as well as our podcast, uh, app and, or all the podcast apps, uh, Greg and Alana and Alex handled the game after last night. Thanks to those who came out to the watch party at Quarterdeck in Davey and, uh, and the guy who ended up winning money was, of course, Brady Hawk, because that's how this thing works. So he won for ASX, and uh, you'll want to play in our ASX contest on Sunday. Make sure you check it out on Twitter. I'll be promoting it. Dolphins, Jets. We're running a contest on Sunday for that. And again, it's free money, so uh, you enter and give it a shot. All right. Hey, what's up? All right, we're gonna we're gonna take your questions tonight. That's what we do here. Um, I've got GAD. I've got Greg. I've got Alex is here as well. Um, And we're basically going to take your comments, of course, we will make sure to read as many as possible. If you want to donate to the cause here, you want to donate to the cause, because not everybody can be Brady Hawk and just win money on apps every night. uh, You can send us, of course, uh, a super chat. And once you do that, we will make sure that we read your questions. So uh, if you want to get in there, you can do it. All right, here's what we're going to do. This is going to be a single topic tonight. Uh, We're not going to bounce around to a bunch of different things. We know this is premature, but all anybody cares about with the Heat is the playoffs. I mean, that's just the reality of this. But what's happened lately kind of changes the equation a little bit. I, my headset situation is not going to improve anyway. Come up with something else. But we appreciate that, Manny. Um, what I would say is is that as we take a look at where this team is right now and who's been contributing lately, there are guys we did not anticipate would be in any, anywhere near a playoff rotation who might ultimately be so we're going to discuss options for the playoffs provided everybody's healthy before we do that i want to mention the sponsors of this particular program one of them of course is our friends over at everything trade shows they're based right here in fort lauderdale right off of las olas but they service all 50 states make sure to check out their twitter handle trade show ets and also uh check them out on instagram as well they will do a free booth rendering for you they'll show you exactly how it's going to look of course We know Omicron is out there, obviously. It's ravaging the sports world and everything else right now. But trade shows are still going on. You got to get yourself out in front of people if you've got a business. So make sure that you mention to your boss, or if you run the company yourself, you mention it to yourself. Go to everythingtradeshows.com. It's everythingtradeshows.com. Get your booth rendered. Make it look really nice. And make sure that you get out in front of people. There it is. Better late than never. There are some of the companies that they work with. Microsoft, Citrix and others, and of course, reach out to our friend Chris Chase down right here in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and we're also sponsored by PrizePix, I'm wearing the t-shirt today. If you sign up, if you sign up, use the code 5, we see it come up, we're going to enter in a contest for one of our t-shirts as well, and of course, you use the code 5 at Prize Picks, you get that automatic match. All right, so let's get to it, um, and I'll start here with our guest, Gad is our guest tonight, again, we got Alex and Greg. Has anything that's happened here, I'll let you set the table tonight. We've seen Gabe Vincent obviously kind of take over the last game. We saw Caleb Martin uh, before the COVID diagnosis, uh, you know, have 28-8-3, two steals in a block, right? We've seen Max Struess have 16-point third quarters. We've seen Dwayne Dedman averaging nine rebounds over the past 10 games, you know, filling in as a starter for Bam Adebayo. I don't know necessarily maybe a conception of Dedman that we thought any of them would be in a playoff rotation, Has anything changed in terms of the way that you view it?
1: I think the biggest difference made is really just the level of confidence that I have in these guys if they were plugged in in a playoff setting. Like, I still think you have, let's say in Gabe's instance, you have your top three guards in Kyle, Tyler, and Vic. Uh, For the wings, you have Duncan, Jimmy, and then Struess and Caleb can kind of duke it out for that third spot. And, uh, I mean – those are really the three guys that have impressed so far. Um, I just think I'm really more confident. Let's say if Kyle or Vic or Tyler, they get hurt. I'm confident that we can make sure that that spot is reasonably filled. Uh, maybe not to the extent that those guys would be able to do it in the playoffs. But I think like if you had to plug Gabe Vincent in for 10 minutes in the playoffs right now, I would be okay with that, given the circumstances. So they're just playing great, and I'm really happy about it. But I do
0: feel more confident. Let's go through what it was supposed to be, Greg. Before uh, you know, as we pivot to some of the things Gads talking about here, it was supposed to be Bam, Tucker, Duncan, Jimmy, and uh, and I'm sorry, Lowry, and yeah. then your bench, Hero, um, Struess, maybe, possibly, maybe as a backup to to Jimmy, yeah. but he- Hero, Deadman, Markeith Morris were kind of the Givens, and Correct. then you you figured once Oladipo was right that maybe they'd play smaller, maybe Morris loses some minutes, maybe Deadman loses some minutes, but and then certainly Struess loses some minutes. Nobody was talking about Caleb. Uh nobody was talking about Vincent, right? Uh at all. I mean, I think Akpala is still on the outside of this, but he's played, he's given them some reasonable minutes of late. But but we haven't seen Morris in a while, and, and we know that Spolster likes to play small, right? Like, so like one change that I could see is. Could Caleb Martin be a backup four? you know, in, in a rotation, in a playoff setting, potentially for a few minutes against smaller teams, right? Like, that's one option. Might, you know, maybe he plays with Morris coming off the bench. Or, uh, you know, we've talked about the possibility of Duncan maybe going to the bench eventually. So so as we sort of envision at the beginning of the year, what's different?
2: I think at the beginning of the year, everybody thought Max Struess was next up like if there was one of these guys that was going to jump up into the rotation and you were going to feel really good about it, I feel like Max Struess was the guy that we all uh, were leaning on. Right. And now to Gad's point, we feel better about the other guys kind of moving up to that tier that we trusted Max. So that's, what's changed is, I mean, I'm kind of stealing from Gad is that you've got more guys that maybe can be that ninth man. Cause it's always, uh, I think this, the saying goes, trust, is it trust eight or trust seven? I, I, I I've, I've always screwed
0: up. It's a Riley saying, but it basically goes down from nine to six, where you end up with six. Yeah, it, that you so, really trust.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 I thought it was like play eight, trust seven, something mm-hmm. like that. I ultimately think that we're still in the same spot where it's Depot, Hero, and I guess I'm going to say Deadman for size because right mm-hmm. now, like that's obviously a you would need that in certain matchups. But if you look at like, I'm looking at the minutes distribution and I know Deadman's playing more minutes now, right? but still Gabe Vincent is averaging more minutes per game. Caleb Martin is averaging more minutes per game. Markeith Morris is right at the same about minutes per game. So when they were all playing, it was the, the more, a more level playing field. So I really think depending on matchups, they could size down and you could see Deadman kind of in that Myers Leonard situation mm-hmm. where he, um, kind of gets schemed out but then in the next round can end up being a right. very vital part so like that's what i think the the biggest takeaway for me is that they have options for that ninth spot whereas before i felt like it was a super unknown um thing whether they were going to have a really functional ninth man in the rotation and this is all provided vic comes back because i think we're all like taking that for granted that he's going to slide right in as a trusted eight guy mm-hmm. um and we have obviously have to see him
0: play first yeah i think for the purposes of this argument or Ar, but for the purposes of reality we don't really know I, but you, you mentioned with Deadman, and uh and I, I think if they played philadelphia uh, we saw MB was, right. what, two of eight or two of nine against Deadman last night. I, I think we can certainly see him in that matchup. This comment came in from Ari Simon. Before I go to Alex, I want to address it. Uh, at what point would Caleb's contract have to be upgraded? I believe it's February, is it not? It's sometime yeah. around the trade deadline that we're like going to late, hit.
1: Late February-ish is around uh, the late, late
0: February. And, and I've been assured that they have a plan for this and they're going to take care of it. I, I think the fact that some of these guys have stepped up actually makes this easier Because they don't have to necessarily go out and get somebody else now, which would have put the luxury tax in even more jeopardy if you convert Caleb's contract. But Alex, I'll go to you on this, because there were a couple of possibilities that were thrown out here today, okay? And and when I... Tweeted and of course Trilly had to not include Hero as a 9 man rotation and we know that that's not actually going to be what happens here but but I, let, let's let's take a look at the Caleb possibility because I I feel like that's the most interesting because he just feels like the kind of player that Eric's going to want to use in a playoff series like he he plugs a lot of different holes for them he gives them some athleticism they don't otherwise have. Uh, But he also does some things defensively that Iguodala used to do, like uh, even, uh, but then we didn't see Derek Jones Jr. play very much in the playoffs. So uh, do you see any, how do you see Caleb squeezing into a nine-man rotation? Because I I don't agree with those who say he's going to play 10. I'm sorry. I know Sean Rochester put that out there. He never plays 10 in the playoffs. He plays nine. So, so what do you think?
3: I also like 10, but Spo, you're right. Spo always does eight, I mean, nine and then sometimes eight, like you said, but Really, I think the Caleb stuff, like you said, does kind of fit that profile of somebody that's full with trust, and especially the way that he's playing, right? Where like he's coming in and the, the defense is kind of the first part of his game, right? And as time has gone by, uh, he's found ways to be more and be more.
2: I oh. lost Alex, Mike. You mean you hear me back?
3: Now he's back. Hold on. Okay, here we go. You guys hear me? Okay, uh, he found a groove, I feel like, attacking the rim and just figuring out when to go off the catch, like uh, faking dudes off the, the three-point line. I just feel like th- it's really helped with having guys who actually attack the rim. Like, mm-hmm. when he's out there, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah we, they could use an extra one of those guys, right? So, obviously, you know, all the going to be the <laughs> X Factor there because if he ends up coming back looking really good, I don't know if Caleb is going to end up getting a lot of playing time, right? Because would you play Depot and Caleb Martin together? Both of them got to be shooting well. And to be fair, Caleb's been I, – I, I think I saw you was shooting 38% from three yeah. on the mm-hmm. season. Yep. And you and this, and this it, it, it goes along with the Vincent conversation, who's at 39 from three and who's giving you stuff at the rim and at mid-range. Uh, different type of players, obviously. But it, I think it just depends on how well does the Depot thing go, how confident would you feel about maybe playing them together. And the same thing with Vincent. It's like how many handlers do you need on the floor, right? So I think both of those guys, though, climbing up to the level that Shrews was at before the season started like lay said is ultimately a positive it's like a luxury it's like you're gonna have just too many guys that you want to play because you feel like they all deserve minutes but i think as the season goes on and hopefully after they get healthy we could kind of see everybody and and where they're at give them a fair comparison and just hopefully it shakes out but right now like i really don't have an answer because i think vincent has been that good and they've all really, I think Vincent and Martin right now, mm, right, are further than Struess, and that's not even Max Struess's fault because I think part of it is the injury. Like I think he's kind of just been up and down ever since he's come back, and he hasn't been bad, right? But Vincent and Sh- and, and Martin are hitting their stride as he's been up and down.
0: I, I think one of the the things to consider here, and we'll get to that uh, last question in a second, but I think one of the things to consider here too is that Spolstra typically doesn't like to play more than three bigs. Uh, in a playoff rotation and 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 we're gonna I'm gonna characterize pJ Tucker as a big because he plays bigger than he is, and he guards up. So if that's the case and it's Bam and Tucker, then i I do think the guy who ultimately could get squeezed it it, it may not be Deadman because there may be at least one big, yeah, it might be marke. And, and and I feel like it's we'll have to see how he comes back when he comes back again. We reported that he might be back as much as a week and a half ago. He wasn't cleared for contact. so and then the COVID situation, they don't want to put anybody on a plane. Uh, so it's going to wait until they come back. But he was starting to get into condition, Gad. But he's been, as someone mentioned, he's been I think Sean said this on Twitter, he's been squeezed out of playoff rotations before. It, it's, it would not be the first time. Ultimately, I, I think the guy that, that Caleb replaces in the rotation is him. Uh, if he gets back, which I'm expecting him to get back into the rotation during the regular season, but I, I think he's the guy that goes.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's not just so cut and dry, though, because there is going to be scenarios where, let's say, you're playing against a team like Milwaukee. You need Markeith, who has, as Alex likes to say, he has acreage. He's a, he's a little <laughs> bigger-bodied guy. Like, he can he can get in the way of a Giannis, whereas Caleb, I wouldn't particularly trust him, maybe as a help defender, but not, like, actually putting him on Giannis just to impede him from getting into the paint. So I think what's happened with these bench guys really blossoming is there's just so many more chess pieces for Spo to go mad scientist with, which yeah. we saw going into the bubble. There are some questions. Oh, where do a bunch of these guys fit? And then by the end of the year, we kind of saw Spo trim that rotation down to nine. We all understood it, but there was still moments where you throw Kelly, you throw Myers, you throw D J J, you throw none in there. Um, but the, the more pieces, the better. And I think that's one of the big takeaways so far from the season is just that Spo has so much stuff to play with, and he's tinkering right now because he has to. But come playoff time, I think I'm not too worried about who exactly is in the rotation. I don't think it's going to be as consistent. I don't. I think it was Greg that mentioned it, but there's it's almost going to be like a like a ninth man by committee, and I think that's mm. a really good thing for this team. It doesn't need to be so cut and dry.
0: I, I'll say this: uh, the like Nets match to well, to when, the, when,
1: the bubble team.
0: It is, and remember, Kendrick Nunn basically got phased out completely. I think this I, I think <laughs> they are, which is a crazy thought. Um, before the season, that 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 would actually be the case. But I I guess Greg, you know, if you look at a Nets matchup, um, you size down, right? Like I, I mean, one hundred
2: percent, right? Oh, yeah. So
0: so so that's a matchup that I do think Caleb gets those minutes. Oh yeah, I I you know, and and, and I think that they can even play smaller. I mean, we don't know what Kyrie's situation is going to be yet, but they could. The other thing is there are some combinations here that have worked that I feel like Spoelstra is going to want to go to. I keep talking about the Lowry-Vinson combination. Like he just uh, and and look, Duncan's playing better. He's shooting 37 percent this month. Kyle seems more comfortable playing with Gabe Vincent in the backcourt than with any of the other uh, backcourt players. And I think against some of these teams that size down in the backcourt during the in the playoffs, I'm, like I'm trying to think of. I mean, Atlanta maybe one, right? Like that's that you, oh, you, yeah. you you might do it against them when you're, you're you know um, trying to think of other teams that are close to the top. I mean, Philadelphia's got a little bit more length, obviously, uh, if if they see them. Uh, Milwaukee obviously has a little bit more size uh, that, that you've got to deal with there.
2: Chicago's kind of a pretty traditional roster. Cleveland is an interesting topic, you know, like mm. how they would address that. Cause to your point, I think like in a Brooklyn series, that's a Caleb Martin series. That's a PJ Tucker series. Like PJ Tucker may average 44 minutes a game <laughs> in, a, in a Brooklyn series um, and a Milwaukee series, honestly, probably any series. Who the hell am I kidding? But Cleveland is the one matchup where I think, it could force Spolstra to go against what he typically would do and have to kind of size up, and uh, and that that so that's the one interesting matchup as I look at these teams. Charlotte is in the mm. sixth spot right now. I think that would be a pretty size down kind mm-hmm. of situation. Um, so it's it's really the Cleveland Philadelphia are the two teams that I would look at that maybe like a Caleb would get squeezed and you go bigger.
0: I'm not going to comment on anybody else's hair, so I'm going to let the comment about Gad just uh, just go out the window here. Uh, but but I I guess. You know, as we as we look again, you know, you mentioned that the matchups in the East Cleveland is unique compared to everybody else. And, and, and I feel like we've been waiting for them to come back down. Um, and I don't know necessarily that they're going to. That, that's the other thing. I mean, so but you may see them early on. And if that's the case, then Morris plays right. Then Deadman plays. Then you don't use. But against Chicago, like you're probably going to want Caleb Martin's length against the Levine. Uh, against uh, DeRozan, right? Like they're they don't they're not particularly big. I mean, other than Vucevic, who hasn't looked like himself this season, I I do feel like uh, you you maybe want the additional wing there. But I'll I'll go to you on this, Alex. I mean, it, it, everybody wanted more players, right? Like he'd have to add something at the buy. I mean, even the John Wall question comes in here, right? I think they're good, <laughs> right? Like they don't really. I mean, it's just waiting on Oladipo and then figuring out how it works, right? I mean, I, I don't yeah. really. Th- if, if you could add one thing to this team, just as a what would you add? Another, uh, Dad saying another four. Is that is that what, to be better than Marquise Morris, or do you even? Need I don't. Him?
3: That's the thing. It would have to be somebody significantly better because how else are you trading for a four than by giving up Duncan? So it's like it's got to be somebody like it's got a significant upgrade that would be pushing
0: PJ back in minutes just to almost conserve him. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
1: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code program.
3: Like it would have to be somebody very, very good, I feel like. But uh, to me, there's no specific positional hole that they're that they're You're missing right. out on. I think they the way that guys have progressed with Vincent and Martin, it's kind of, uh, I, I gotten rid of the concerns with me and the, the backcourt and, and the extra wing and those guys have just been so good on defense and the shot yeah. is falling so it's really I hard think. to complain and it's not that they don't do other stuff but when it comes down to back end role players like when the three is falling when they're playing high level defense the way they are they move the ball it's not like you know any of those guys are stopping the ball and mucking up offense like they're really just great plug and play additions and they've gotten better and better in that role. So I just r- don't really expect it to fall off too much other than maybe the three point. I mean, they're both shooting mm-hmm. really high percentages right now. Hopefully it keeps going.
0: And, we, and we've also seen the starting backcourt is starting to pick up. Lowry is at, I, I put it up today. He's over 38% this month. He's playing 35 minutes, which is something this month, which is something I want to address. But there are two guys who came in. And,
3: and I one, miss Markeith Morris. Like I, I, I was very <laughs> skeptical coming in, but I, I I, would like to see him back into lineup. And before you said that, maybe uh, he's the one that gets
0: We lose gets again? frozen. It gets, gets frozen out. <laughs> uh oh, there we go. What? the Oh, heck don't happened? do it like that. Come on don't, now. Don't, don't, don't do, don't do that, Alex. We'll get back to you when your when your mic comes back. But there, there are there are two names that came in here uh, that that I want to address because when we talk about a four, it has to be a game changing type four. I think mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes' name came in here. The other one is Jeremy Grant. I, I now I don't know that they would have enough to get Jeremy Grant. But let me let me just—I'll throw all of you. I mean, I like those names. Okay, but like with Jeremy Grant, like I mean, you're you're trading Duncan Robinson, like that is that is happening. So that if if you're gonna get him, I don't think that would be enough. There would have to be more added to that. You don't have a whole lot to add. But do we are we all in agreement that you would deal Duncan Robinson as part of a package to get Jeremy Grant? Does that? Yes. I mean, does oh, everybody yeah. agree with that? Okay. For sure.
2: I I think that like PJ Tucker obviously is starting and he's in this huge role, but I think ultimately at his age, there's something to be said for like him being what he is now, but doing it off the bench um, and being able to be that plug and play guy. So having a Jeremy Grant, a Christian Wood, like someone like that there. There's a lot of options like that. Maybe Christian Wood isn't as great a fit as Jeremy Grant just next to Bam. But Mm. um, I, those are the type of players, but I just get hung up on the fact that I think, Ultimately, the Heat are going to land in a space where they say, if we're going to make a move, like we're going to package Tyler and Duncan and we're going to make a big-ass move. Right. So I, I just don't see this materializing into anything uh, where they trade for a, a marginal rotational player, like a Andre Iguodala type. Like, I, I just don't see that happening this year. Uh,
0: um, let me go to you on this, Gad, and we'll get to this comment here in a second uh, on Jeremy Grant, but I want to address Andrew's comment that came in a little bit earlier. I, I do think some role players play better when they're not playing with stars and some, and they, and some play better off of stars, right? So let's, and and Andrew's comment was kind of along those lines here. It's too early to judge because we have to consider how Gabe, Max, Caleb play with the stars when they come back. All right. So let's, let's evaluate that. Okay. We, we see, let's start with Gabe. Okay. Gabe plays well off of Kyle. I, I think the ability to, to either handle or play off the ball. It's very comfortable between the two And then Kyle's done this with Van Vliet, uh, and, and it just it feels natural, I think, for both of them. Um, I have never gotten the sense that Gabe plays great off of Jimmy uh, or off of Bam. It seems to be more of a Kyle thing. Whereas Max know, does. But Max plays well off of Jimmy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So so I, I do feel that. Now, I guess the question would be, we haven't seen Caleb a lot with Jimmy because Caleb in a lot of ways has sort of replaced Jimmy in some of those lineups. So how would you evaluate how those three guys would look with Jimmy and Bam? I, I I'm not gonna take Vic out of it, okay, but with Jimmy and Bam.
1: Um, so with with Gabe, I think he fits with anybody, which is kind of what we've seen from his skill set a little bit. He plays on the ball, he plays off the ball. He's one hell of a defender either on the wing or at the point of attack, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. So Gabe, I think he fits with everyone so long as the shot is falling. If not, then there's obviously some concerns with Jimmy and Bam. Uh, Max plays best with Jimmy. I think that's something that we've seen. They definitely play well together. And then with Bam, I don't know if we've gotten too many Bam or Caleb minutes, but I feel like that infusion of athleticism between the two is something that we should track moving forward when we do get to see those uh, minutes. Well, if, if
0: well, if we saw Caleb and the Caleb Martin combination obviously work. I mean, the Caleb Gabe combination works, particularly mm-hmm. at the point of attack on defense. Oh yeah. I feel with Bam, you add PJ to that. I mean, that is right. Maybe I mean, that's Tyler, a, and then that's that's a scary lineup. Like scary, that's a disruptive lineup, basically. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. So. Um. So yeah, I think I think Caleb. It would be interesting to see him more with Bam, but he's someone that I don't think you're going to be seeing him much with Jimmy. They they just it's a lot of replication of skill set there. Doesn't make too much sense, but Gabe fits with everybody. Struce definitely fits with Jimmy uh, as long as his shot is falling and
0: Caleb kind of just is a Jimmy clone, gives you some facsimile of him. So But he's also he's also been Greg, the thing about Caleb is he has shot the three pretty well. And cuz I was thinking Remember the questions uh, when Justice was going to play with Jimmy, like, okay, defensively, they would wreck havoc, right? But, like, offensively, they both need the ball in their hands. Caleb doesn't, okay? Uh, Caleb's more of a cutter. Ju- Justice wanted to be a point guard, right? And Justice couldn't shoot consistently, right? I mean, the 36% sort of outlier he had from three aside. Sorry, Alex. I know. Justice a favorite, but I mean that was an outlier. Can we all acknowledge that the thirty six percent that Justice shot that one year? Greg's I not an outlier. Oh my god! Do we think
1: yes. Caleb is an outlier right now though? Because he's coming uh, off yeah. that what like six or seven three game against Milwaukee before But, but, it, but, it but his shot is But again,
0: yeah, his shot doesn't look broken. Like Justice, oh for sure, no, he's definitely a better look, a better just, shooter
1: than uh, number twenty. Twenty three percent. Of course, well, but I don't get why we're comparing him to Justice. Like.
3: Well,
0: well, the, re- the reason I'm comparing him to Justice is because there was again there was a feeling that Justice and Jimmy had some skills in common. That Justice was a Jimmy Light, right? Like, and and that was one of the concerns where the two of them came together. And we've discussed Caleb as having yeah. being Jimmy Light in some other ways. That's all. So I, I feel like Greg. I feel like they would play together better than Jimmy and Justice would have. No.
2: Oh, for sure. I I'm out on justice Winslow, 100%. That dude. Um, I I don't know. I've just watched a couple of the Clippers games and I don't watch all of them. So I'm probably like not equipped to discuss justice Winslow anymore, but what I've seen has been like, he's a marginal player. Like he's, he's a guy you don't trust in a nine man playoff rotation right now to me. Um, so anyway, but we should, to Alex's point, we should leave Justice alone and,
0: and talk about the team. All right. Um, so it's, so we're, so we're talking Justice about but hasn't even been healthy for like two three years now. Like I, I know. Team I, team I like... knew you were going to jump to his defense, but that wasn't my that wasn't my point though. My point was that I do feel like Caleb and him complaining. Let's get to the comment here that super chat comment that comes in. I want as long sure as he keeps shooting that three, good. J- Jeremy Grant is a Heat culture kind of guy. We'd be perfect for to play next to Bam. Gives you uh, the best of a PJ. I, it does. I absolutely agree. I just. Here's the thing, and I know Gad, you have pointed this out too. Every one of these sort of very good but not great players who becomes available, I think Hawks. I, I just they because if they want a guy, yeah, they can get a guy. Like the they package have a, is
1: too easy. They have so much to throw at any team right now. Um, right, they, like just based off of the Hawks alone, the Heat will not be able to compete for any of these fours that fit us because they, if they can play the three, they definitely fit the Hawks better, and they have the assets for it.
3: Right, so I mean, you are definitely looking to move Collins then?
0: No, I don't think I you don't need think to move have to scenario. You that have could, Gallinari could, could, could. and a
3: bunch of young players.
0: I mean, you can move Reddish, right?
3: You can move. No, Gallinari. I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna trade for a four, if you're, yeah, if you're a Hawks, I, I agree like,
2: with Alex. You're I don't gonna have
1: I, Grant I, Collins and and Capella together there. <laughs> like, no, no, no. no. Capella would probably that would give you like an elite small ball lineup because yeah. you're you're look you're thinking Brooklyn and then you also. Can use Jeremy Grant against Giannis, so I think he's someone that can play the three. It just makes a lot of sense for me. For Atlanta. I would just trade oh,
0: Collins for Grant. I just saying, keep the rest of the guys. See, 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 see. I'm with Gad on this because I, I feel like that. Uh, you, I feel you'd be so versatile with those three guys as your core guys, and you could play them together. And we're also seeing that. Look, what if they get Cleveland in the playoff series? Like, I mean, I mean, Cleveland's playing a, a four at the three right now, right? I mean, they're playing three guys who are six eleven or taller. I don't think it's crazy to think of Jeremy Grant as a three in that scenario and then playing four next to Collins or Capella, but they have the most I mean even with Solomon Hill out for the season, they still have all these and I thought Solomon would be valuable if they traded Reddish or Hunter, right? So they'd have you know the, this other piece that they, they trust, but they just have so many guys that they can go to on that team and Gallinari to me is sort of superfluous for them. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just think Atlanta I don't so I guess the point is yes, Jeremy Grant would be perfect. I don't know how Miami would top it, with, unless Duncan Robinson is shooting 43% from three for an extended period of time. But let, let's pivot to Duncan then, because I think this is a good place for us to close, okay? Is that we're all sort of making the assumption, or maybe we're not, that Duncan is going to be not only in the rotation, but a starter, right, in, in, in the playoffs, but a lot of Gad, yeah, you don't necessarily think so, and others on Twitter don't necessarily think so, that it could be Hero or it could be Oladipo, that that is the playoff move. So I, I'll, I'll let I'll Gad finish on this. Alex, you go. What do you think the odds are, A, that Duncan is starting in the playoffs? Again, assuming Oladipo returned. And B, is there any chance he's not a core rotation guy? we have seen with Spolster, sometimes you can go from starter to 10th man. Uh, where you're not necessarily playing uh, heavy bench minutes, you don't see any any scenario that that happens. That's
1: ridiculous. I don't see the 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 no rotation minutes for Duncan. Um, oh. If that's the case, then we have thirty days until we consider where exactly his destination will Correct. be. Because <laughs> if you. he's not gonna get, my thing is, if you're not gonna get playoff minutes, you can be on the table because this team should be right. trying to win now. Um, but I do think Duncan. In the event that Victor Oladipo is healthy and looks like himself, uh, I'll let Vic do what Tyler's doing now, be the primary engine of the offense off the bench, let Duncan be the spacer next to him, figure out rotations that way. You have defense, you have shooting, and put Tyler in the starting lineup as the primary shot creator. That's what I would do. I think Tyler, uh, although he's had a rough stretch a little bit, I think he's earned it, and that is ultimately where I think he wants to be. Yeah. Um, and Duncan, I mean, he's shooting well as of late, but he needs to do it consistently. But what he's done recently in terms of adding some other things to his yeah. game would fit really, really nicely, not with the starters, with, with Vic. Victor Oladipo because there's some more passing
0: components involved. That's interesting. Alex, though, I, I want to go to you because you were on the, the podcast with Coach Nick with me, and I, I recommend people catch that on the YouTube channel or on, on our podcast channel. And and uh, he he didn't seem to be a hero fan. I'll just I'll just leave it at that because he made the point pretty quick. Well, you know who KZ Akpala was, which again, as much much tape as Coach Nick, uh, I think that puts KZ into some perspective when he said who when I asked about KZ. But I, I he was talking about Hero, and he basically said if you sub Hero in with the starters instead of Duncan, in, you're looking at basically what it was 125 defensive rating or something. It's just the one substitution. That's it. Drops your defensive rating by like 20 points per 100 possessions so i mean do in that scenario which i think makes sense for the bench if oladipo healthy primary ball handler gabe maybe becomes behind him maybe as the 10th guy duncan next to him uh i do think that works off the bench but does tyler work in the starting lineup with this group
3: i think it's a good question and that number is one that we're going to have to be monitoring all season we talked about it before just like a lot of that stuff is uh, just a heavy load of fourth quarter minutes too. Mm, yeah. So it dilutes the sample a little bit because you know how Spo runs that lineup. I mean, when they were healthy, they were they were running that lineup a lot in those fourth quarters. That was clearly the closing lineup. And Tyler was always the guy getting targeted. So although I, I do think that both things can work to a degree, like I definitely think Duncan off the bench can work and make things easy for for others. But I don't know. I still i am of the belief that Duncan – uh, especially the way he's playing now, I like, I want to keep him confident. want to keep him going. And I just see the growth and I, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a little bit more hopeful with him. You know what I'm saying? Because I keep seeing, I think like, he, he's doing everything you want him to. And the shooting has come back around a little bit. It's, it's, you're not getting as many of the, you know, the terrible shooting nights that you were seeing before where it's like, is that even Duncan Robinson out there? Or, like did they clone him. Like, where are they hiding my guy? But really, uh, the dunking to the bench thing makes a lot of sense. The Tyler to the starting lineup thing, I don't know. I, like I, he absolutely deserves it, just from his production and the level of play, right? Like, 100, percent he's there. But I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if there will be some diminishing returns, or like if Tyler's just gonna have to. They're gonna depend on him so much to be a spacer, and I don't know. Maybe they look to look look at him to be the scorer, but then it's like you're gonna have you're gonna be diminishing some of uh, your best players. Can I well, sneak- yeah. Go, go ahead.
2: I just want to sneak one comment in. I think that to Gad's point about them playing to win, they need to figure out, does Tyler work next to this group as a starter? Because mm-hmm. like ultimately, that's where he's trending as a player. Well, like, so you got to get to the bottom the of that. Lineups. So, so, so put his ass out there. Or if it's, do we need to figure out, is Duncan Robinson worth $15, $16 million? Or do we need to pivot off of him and make a move? But I got to figure Greg, that shit out. But
0: Greg, I get it. But the one thing I think we've already figured out is that Hero and Robinson playing together is a non starter. Yeah. I, I just. I, I, Duncan I, I, is
3: good with the starters and Hero's good with the bench. Which right, right. Well, that, that's why,
0: well, that's why you don't make the change, even though I do think that there may be, uh, if Oladipo looks like Oladipo, there's going to be a push among Heat fans to get him in the starting lineup, but then you don't have the space in the starting lineup necessarily, because we know even at his best, Vic is maybe a 34, 35% three point shooter, right? So. And, and, you know, and then you have the hero Robinson, you can't play the two of them off the bench. It's kind of like the Dragic Nunn situation. It just, it wasn't workable. Like we, we know that, right? Like, so it is kind of finding that balance and I'm with you on Duncan. I just, I, you know, in fact, he is playing better. I still don't think he's going to be closing games though. And so ultimately the decision that's going to be made there is hero or all depot. I think at the end of games, Right, But I I guess the final thing on this, because we mentioned PJ, and then we're going to go, thanks to our sponsors, everything trade shows, and of course, prize picks, uh, Code 5. I don't necessarily think we all believe that PJ would be closing every game in the playoffs, but I feel like now we do, right? Like I he's do. Not, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he's he's not taking him off the floor, right? Does anybody, I mean, he's he's going to be playing next to Bam. Unless right? he just
3: falls off for some reason. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's coming off an injury or something where he doesn't look the same. He, this P.J. Tucker, there's no way. There's no way. Yo, yeah.
2: Pat Riley pulled up to him at a red light <laughs> and said, you. I love you. That dude is playing <laughs> in the playoffs. That's I wish gun. I could do the same. We're not I, having I, any more <laughs> further discussion on that. He said, "I, I love you," and he drove off.
0: Oh, okay, Greg, you can close with this. I'll let people handle this. I'm going to pull this. Is PJ Tucker now the best PJ in Miami history? Not yet. Okay, I'm with you because people, two of the guys on here aren't old enough to remember the other one, but he oh, was.
2: DJ no, Brown was huge. He that, no he,
0: he 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 was was uh, he was pretty special for Pum's them. Just doing your better. I, I I I I will say this though. Pat Riley likes his likes the uh, the dirty work four more than he likes any other position on the floor. He he came in with Kareem and Magic, doesn't care about that. He would have chosen AC Green. Okay, like he he <laughs> likes no. He seriously
2: Haslam, yeah.
0: Brian Grant. Uh, he would have loved coaching Grant Long. Okay, Anthony Mason, Anthony Mason, <laughs> um, PJ Tucker, PJ Brown. Like these are. Those are the guys UD. that he that he and UD of course those are the guys and, I mean yeah I mean maybe PJ's going to stick around for twenty years. All right, thanks to Gad, we appreciate it. Thanks to Alex, thanks to Greg. Uh, we got again we got an ASX sign up from for Heat uh, excuse me for Jets Dolphins on Sunday. Make sure you to check that out on our Twitter channels and uh, also one other thing we got two people at the game tomorrow night and none of them are here. Uh, we've got Michael Christian and Jonathan Romlacan are going to be on site at Heat Magic. So we're starting to staff some road games. So uh, check out their work up there. They'll both both be on post-up 5R tomorrow night. Have a good night.